listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Harden, and today we're talking about building long-lasting passion in your marriage with Kirsten and Jeshua Barker, the 2-8 Pure Passion Glow Pairing. I'm so glad that we are getting a chance to talk about building a long-lasting, not only romance, but friendship and a non-codependent, but co-regulating marriage for you guys, because I know that's what you want, and that's what we all want as we're getting ready to head into this holiday season. So I hope you're doing well as we cover that with them. They have so many tips because they've gone through about 24 years of marriage and longer than that in relationships. So they really have a lot of wisdom to share with us, and they're super honest, and they've been in Enneagram circles since the very beginning of the modern Enneagram day. So it's going to be fun for you to hear their stories and their work over these years and their work with their kids too. So I want to encourage you, keep up the good work with the next generation. Something I was reflecting on this weekend is some of you noticed that we had a kind of national big week. We had something really special with Veterans Day, and I hope all of you who have served or are currently serving feel loved and felt seen this week. And we also had something that I was referring to with relationships that was big in the romance news in the world, and that was Taylor Swift's All Too Well release of her 13-minute track. And sometimes, I'm in a way, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek because that's not as big as something monumental, but there's something about her releasing this as an artist that triggered a lot of people this weekend to listen to it. And that's why I mention it. And I was one of those people. And as I was reflecting on her video and song, it combined Stranger Things to Sadie Sink, who we really enjoyed watching in the video. My teen girls and I really especially enjoyed just reflecting together on the journey of life in those young years when you're so impressionable. And if you're doing your Enneagram work in those young years, you have such a better chance of knowing yourself and not being so codependent. And clearly, most of us go through that, as we'll talk with Kirsten and Jeshua. But what was lovely for me to reflect on in contrast to that song and my own story. So if you've been listening to this podcast enough, you know I've got a story too in the past. What I really reflected on personally and generationally was that my girls are having a different story and it was already healthier than mine because I was thinking that my oldest is now 16 and going on 17 like our sound to music song that we sing sometimes but really her junior year has been so much more intentional and fun because we've been trying to curate as best as you can anyway during these strange times just a better and healthier process and doing her Enneagram work has been huge as a four to try to understand her worth and me trying to understand some of the ways that I've blessed her, some of the ways I've failed her. And Wes has been leaning in to listen. So I just want to encourage you guys that it's been beautiful to see, even though there's been so many horrific things that maybe through my own lack of a clear lens in those myopic days of just not seeing the forest for the trees. I, I didn't make some of the wiser choices. Gosh, to say to myself and to Wes this weekend, our daughter is one and a half years past where I was when I made some of those really bad choices that ultimately hurt me and even hurt Wes long term. And 
she's thriving and she's got great self-confidence and she has a lot of fun and a lot of leadership positions. In fact, this weekend, her dance teacher prayerfully selected her to lead the entire dance company at the end of the year for their worship dance. And so it was a really special way for her uh, gift to be honored that she uh, lead all these little ballerinas and older girls as well in a just a gracious style of movement, finding that release through dance. And in this case, even just being in total gratitude to God in a worshipful position of just celebrating life with wonder through dance. So it's been neat. And it's a totally different journey than I was on in my alternative dark what would I say, Pearl Jam days, but really much darker than that existentialism. So thinking on all that, All Too Well brought that up for me. Some of you probably had an All Too Well weekend where you had a journey and kind of walked through some of that. But let me reassure you guys that taking the journey, sitting with it, and reflecting on what you can do to turn the corner is a worthy venture. So I hope you're doing that with my family and I am certainly doing it with my younger two as well. But that was on my mind as I compared my journey with the next person down. And if you've already raised your kids and they're out and maybe you feel like, oh, I wish I'd had Enneagram while they were growing up, understand that you have a lot of people to influence still. I remember working with Sunday school kids up till really COVID times. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm so glad I'm talking to these fourth grade girls because some of them didn't really care. And they were just like, I can't wait to go play. When's the lesson over? But some of them were leaning in hard. And I was like, geez, this is almost like play therapy days. So it was really fun to be able to just see them gleaning and leaning in for that word of wisdom. So be sure that you lean in and teach other people of younger generations, whether you're married or not, whether your kids are out of the house or not, give your gifts, give what you learn. Do not just keep it for yourself. So there's our social collective giving moment. Also, be sure that you are working on your relationship and having fun in your relationship both. I want to encourage you that in the holidays, you pay special attention to that because it's easy to let that slip then. Wes and I have been committed to uh, weekly date nights. It's really been special to team up, but sometimes you have to tweak and work at it too. Like today, he had to come into my office where I was working on one part of the project and he had to tell me that he needed me to present my pieces of the project to him in a different way. And I had totally misinterpreted it and was trying to show him in a way that I thought he would appreciate. And he's like, you know what? Like, I see that, but that's not how my brain works. So you have to just realize that and spend a bit of time sometimes connecting and to say, this is the way my brain works. Oh, okay, this is the way that I approach life. And you guys know we have that head, heart, body lens. So I'm all I'm all head thinking he wants this creative piece. And he's like, no, actually, I'm going to leave the creativity to you. I just want to do this piece, which is totally like small edits. And that really surprised me because that's kind of a snooze for me. <laughs> and so I was like, really? So then I sent him along this creative part of the project and he's like, yay, you did an amazing job. This is exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm like, wow, that's that's really cool. So when you can find your rhythms together and use the differences that you have to keep your relationship healthy and to bless the world, that's a really good sweet spot. So it takes time to find it and it takes a little bit of pressure like that. So don't 
bulk under pressure. Take a deep breath, do the pause we've been talking about, and then I just want you to be able to to live in that fruit a little bit. So let me know how that goes for you. And you know I have the new Enneagram Glow Relationship Planner for you for the coming year, or some of you told me you're already starting it now. I'm so excited about that. Jen and I, you probably saw, are doing Instagram Lives on Mondays at noon Eastern Standard Time now. So if you're listening on Monday, join us today over your lunch break or any Monday, unless it's a holiday. And we will be there to talk out episodes, to talk out just whatever we've got on in that moment. But we had such a good time last week showing you guys our binders for our glow journeys that we're on. And some of you showed the wonderful bindings that you got made. And I love how people are going to Staples and getting their binders just done. And so we got one like that after we saw that. So we're so excited at all the ways you can use the Glow Planner and just keep up the great work with that. And as you know, Wes and I are really excited to be stepping into that journey, hopefully with many of you early January so that we can really get even healthier together. And trust me when I say we still need that growth and tools also. Even when Wes was going through it with me, he said, wow, there's so much more to the Enneagram than I ever realized. This is going to be so cool. It's not just your types. And I'm like, I thought you were on the same page with me the whole time and you knew this. But I think what I do on this podcast, as I was explaining to Jen this week, is sometimes I think we're all on the exact same page together. And some of you are like, yes. And I have some of you write into me and say, I've been with you on the podcast since the very beginning. And I love that. Shout out to you right now. Um, But I have to remember, like I'm telling the rest of you, I'm going through this glow journey. And when I say that, what I mean is I'm helping you guys to find your light in the world together. I'm helping you to walk through your shadows with hope and to walk through them with victory and to find your areas that you're struggling in and to overcome those struggles. So know that I want you to bring the best hues of yourselves out in your Enneagram work. And there are some beautiful quotes about the light and the Enneagram from the late Don Russo and others. But suffice it to say, when I say we're going through the Enneagram and Marriage Glow Relationship Planner next year, you can check that out at enneagramandmarriage.com if you'd like to find out what we're doing on this weekly journey. You can also head over to Jen at our Enneagram and Marriage Facebook group because we're doing lots of little journeys there every week to help you to feel supported in your Enneagram and Marriage journey. I've got a ton of previous podcasts for you, and I also have a lot of freebies for those who say, I want the free stuff. Well, I've got a lot of that for you too. So if you're loving this, you're loving the podcast, keep staying with us. Get on our email list at enneagramandmarriage.com. And right now, I just want you to listen to a story of honesty, and even we're going to hear about some of their broken pieces. We're going to hear their love story. I know Kirsten pretty well because she came through my Enneagram and Marriage Certification class too. So it's fun to have somebody that I only got to really see as a student now share her light in the world in her two way. She's an awesome too, and a mama and a wife. And I'm just excited that you're going to get a chance to hear from her because I'm telling you, we all bring a different gift to the table. And it's a really nice gift to have Kirsten on the show today because she just has a different glow about her. So, and of course, Joshua too. I'm just getting to meet him for the first time on the show, but so I'm excited to check this all out with you. Well, Kirsten and Joshua, I am so happy to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage podcast today. Thanks so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having us. 
We are all built up and ready for the two, eight pairing today. You guys are pure passion. We would love to hear a little bit about you guys and how you met. It was a long, long time ago. We're about to hit our 25th anniversary here in a couple weeks. No, 24th in a couple weeks, 25th next year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 24. <laughs> this <laughs> so, is realistic. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. A long time. We were both in theater. She has her degree in theater. She directs and I did a lot of acting, singing, all that sort of stuff. And the very first time we met was in a show that she was directing and I got cast in. It wasn't, there was no relationship at that point at all because uh, <laughs> frankly I was still in high school and because she's what eight, seven seven oh. and a half years older than me oh, so um yes. yeah so we met and I was in the show and we got to be good friends and then she was doing a theater, a theater camp. camp for kids through the local playhouse in the summer and I got hired to teach acting and be one of the counselors and something and that is when we started you know like at, at that point I was out of high school, so there's nothing <laughs> yeah. illegal about this. But um, yeah, we started. He was 18. Yeah, um, at that point, there were started to be sparks and stuff, and that's when it we start started dating, and then we were married three, four months later. Yeah. Four months later. Yeah. It was kind of funny because it was kind of like for me, I was like, "Wow, I really like this guy," and we we even were kind of had in our when we uh, talked about how his eight energy always was even so clear, even at that age. And he always seemed more, I even say to this day, he was more ready to get married than I was. And I was almost eight years older than he was. Wow. I mean, when he made the decision, it was like, we're getting married. And we, I, I describe it as a two by four effect, which maybe is very eight language. We're getting hit yes. with a two by four. That was what it was. It was like all of a sudden, Kawako. All right, I'm going to marry her. And then it happened. Yeah. And it was kind of like, I think his thought was, is this, you know, woman is 26 going to be interested in me? And I'm thinking, is this 18 year old guy going to be interested in me? I mean, it seemed like a big difference sort of maybe at the very beginning, like we weren't really sure, but it was just so there that there was kind of no question. We think there was a lot of people who lost bets that she was pregnant or something. Uh, so Was yeah. it? Yeah, was it? Yeah, it was kind of surprising to a lot of people who knew both of us in the theater world. In in the yeah, because they knew us separately, but they never knew us as like together at all. And mm -hmm. so, I think some people the first time they heard is when we set wedding invitations. <laughs> That's <laughs> so cool. like what? Who, who's marrying who? What? How did this happen? <laughs> Well, I've seen this before with twos where they marry younger. I feel like the energy of a two requires somebody who has some energy and eight energy is fantastic. Even just for those listening, even biologically speaking, I think a lot of eights and twos have a lot of energy. So to find people who don't match your rhythms, that's hard, but to be able to say, you know what, he's young, but he's really mature and he's got a spark. Sounds like he was very attractive to you and the age didn't matter because he was yeah. mature. Absolutely. Like more, I think even now it's funny. Our son's almost is just turned 17. And I'm like, I think if he told me he was going to, he's a one, I'm like, if he told me he was going to be getting married in the next year, I'd be like, what? <laughs> but so looking back on it, I kind of, you know, kind of understand my husband's parents were a little my, hesitant. My, uh, yeah. my parents actually yeah. offered me to buy me a new car if I didn't marry them. Wow. That didn't go over well. No. <laughs> It just made him angry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Instinctually. No, I'm doing it yeah. now even more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah but he was, he, but he was ready. I mean, he, yeah. not long after that, he joined the military. He was actually going, 
uh, went to school for one, one semester at UT here in Knoxville, actually as a music major singing, he got in on opera scholarship. He's a beautiful singer. And, but not long after that, we, we got married in October and then in, in January, he went to boot camp. So, or maybe February. So he said, no, I got to sit. This is, I mean, this is the eight, right? I, it didn't matter. He was 18. I'm the, I'm the breadwinner. I'm the, it was December. I was signed up. I left the beginning of March. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he immediately was like, nope, I'm the husband. I'm the breadwinner. I'm the supporter. I'm the head of this family. And I'm going to go, I got to get a job that's going to take care of you. And and he, jets are cool. Yeah. So, you and know, he, yeah. And he got to work with jets, which was what he wanted to do. So, oh, so yeah, that was the beginning of our merge was a bit of a whirlwind, but it wow. was, it was amazing. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. And I love how even our listeners can say, you know, yeah, people said something about my story and it was a good story too. It's so nice for you to validate that our stories are unique and if they make sense to us, that's what matters. So yeah. you've got a great family and have many years of success behind you and you're here to teach and you're also still growing, which I love, but tell us about what you guys do with the Enneagram. Cause I love how you use it as a teaching tool. Okay. Well, we almost 10 years ago now, we were going to a church in Las Vegas and we got introduced to the Enneagram, which a lot of people do through their church. Someone came there to speak uh, about it. And so we started going to the classes. I actually, actually, it's a pretty fun story. I, I really liked it. He knows I'm going to tell the story. It, I really liked it. Um, right. So I really liked it and I really wanted him to come. And so the gentleman who came and taught some of it also had, which people could look up if they want to, Enneagram Las Vegas. It's actually a very large group there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's made it into a nonprofit. It's deeper Dom. He's amazing. He's Enneagram three and he's started the organization there. And sometimes we would have a hundred people at those meetings. It was amazing. So mm-hmm. we would go to there once a week and then our church the opposite week and then there once a week in the church but when he first went Steve uses the story when he teaches about eights he said I don't want to hear anything about eights and if you say it anymore I'm going to hit you with a chair he was like I can't stand anything that you're saying about this and I don't like it so I was surprised that he wanted to come back but he did he kept coming back he kept coming back and um and then I think the chair story is exaggerated I don't remember So Jeshua said that that's what I was wondering is what the chair story was. So Jeshua, you said it was too, was it too instinctual for you? It was just hitting home. I don't remember why, but But it made you angry in the beginning. Everything about eights made you angry. Pretty quickly figured out that I was an eight from it, but there was zero, the way eight was taught out there at the time was that there was basically nothing positive about eights at all. The eight was always the scapegoat of everything. Every person who was in the group would always have stories about how horrible eights were in their life. And that just, I don't know, it just made me, I didn't like going to meetings as much. It was always made me mad that people would just be like, you know, eights suck. And we don't. We I, might be a little much for people sometimes. Yeah. I, but, think um, in, I think in reality, slightly in defense of that group was that that's how oh, he, it's in defense. I just mean, I think that that's how he was taking it in the beginning. And he felt very attacked because I remember one day he came home and he said to me, am I, because there were a lot of eights in that group. Most of them were female actually, but he said, am I really that aggressive? Like, do I really come across like that? And I was like, yeah, you kind of do. And I, I think it was shocking for him to realize that he had such an aggressive nature and it was just a totally turning point for us in our relationship and for in our lives. But Enneagram Las Vegas was a wonderful group. Joshua was actually um, teaching some classes for them. I taught a couple of them as well before I moved. We moved, we have two children. Our son, Benjamin, is a social one. 
and he is a senior in high school. And our daughter, Kaden, is 20 and she's in college and she is a self-pres four. So she's actually studying social work and psychology and wants to be a therapist and a helper. And both of our children are very passionate about Enneagram. They love it. They use it with all their friends. So that's really cool. But we taught some things um, there. Our children were involved. Actually, if you go on Enneagram Las Vegas um, on their website, I should know where these links are. It is. I looked the other day. There's actually an interview. Steve interviewed our family about how a two mom uh, parents sell a four daughter and um, we're, and that was long, my kids look at it now and go like, my son was like 10, my daughter's like 14, <laughs> but it is a long time Basically, ago. But- besides we, we have a group here that we teach a lot of classes and, and people come to it, but in our own family, we've used it as a way, uh, our family life, our relationship, relationship with the kids, them with themselves, them with their friends is a million times better than it was before because mm-hmm. now we have a we have a common language that we can use yes. with things we can the, the kids understand themselves better oh. i mean hell ben started like 10 or 11 he's he just turned 17 and yeah. uh, he's is like the most self-aware teenager i have ever seen i mean he still acts like a teenager but he actually now has the ability to just a little bit into it go like all right i'm being a one i need to chill oh. and so he's a uh, it's been life-changing for us. Yeah. So we started teaching our classes here when we moved to Oak Ridge. He retired from the Air Force. That's why we lived in Las Vegas. That was our last duty station. He retired. We moved back to Tennessee. This is home for us. We're East Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains. We love it here. And we were like, we need to, we need to share this with people. So um, we started having a group meeting in our home, mostly with our family. I actually have cousins and an aunt and my sisters and my mom and my dad and my brother and sister-in-law would all come. And then we started getting in a few people from the community with an idea of moving that out, which of course COVID happened and that kind of slowed everything down. So we have been meeting in my house with family kind of through most of every, all the craziness. Yeah, we have, we have some other, we have some friends now too. So we, if we had everyone show up, we have about 30 people right now. And so that's, I think that's pretty exciting. So we're hoping to move into the public into our local civic center in January is the goal right oh, now, the beginning wow. of January. What a so. gift to the world that you guys are bringing it, uh, Enneagram Las Vegas to, you know, from churches and to the general public, because as you guys know, it's been almost hidden in some ways over the years. So yeah. it's really nice to hear you're bringing this to the community and not only that, but what a huge blessing and advantage it has been to your family. And you're not just leaving it in um just okay this is ours we love it and so are either of you a social subtype i am okay yeah that's what i was yeah i'm a social okay Okay. definitely a few months ago we really realized that i really realized i'm a self-pres instead of a social Mm. i think the social aspect just came a little bit i was just confusing my normal aggressive out there eightness Mm. as Mm -hmm. social stuff you guys know your subtypes and you know, your types very clearly. It's blessed your family a lot. I was going to say, because you guys are both relationalists and we talked a little bit about this in our Enneagram and marriage certification class too, but tell me how you guys approach the world from that relational perspective. Like, is it the same or is it different as a two and as an eight? I I think it is different. Um, it, well, it has similarities and then it has differences too. Um, um, because for me, of course, I mean, we're the Queens of relational, right? I mean, the twos are everything's has to do with relationships that actually can sometimes be a hindrance for us that that's my perspective is always on how it affects everyone and how the relationship is what it is with the relationship. But I do, 
I see relationships in the world. So I see, I'm very aware of them with all people and especially within the people I'm close to my children and my husband. Um, so sometimes I want to get overly involved in the relationships with um, my husband and my children. And what I think one of the things we've learned is that sometimes I'm a bit of a busybody, and I I'm trying to get at my husband's smiling over here now. Um, I want to get involved in things well, between them. Yeah, I could see him <laughs> in the camera. I'm over focusing on that relationship aspect sometimes, and needing to pull back and let things be, and know that he also is relational and he does. He is aware of relationships, but I think for me, it's, I get protective as the protective mom, like his way of relating is more aggressive and protective than mine is. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I want to get in the middle of it and, and that sometimes is a little bit of a problem, but I also think at the same time, it's amazing how he and I both go out into the world and we're like, how are we relating to these people? How are we relating Mm -hmm. to our community? How are we relating to our church? How are we relating to our children, our extended Mm -hmm. family, which we have tons of it here? How are we relating to them? Sometimes the answer is the relating is frustrating and too hard and we want to pull back, but we've also been able to work together better with that. And I just realized something too, that new job. So I just applied for a new job. I'm currently in a job that I'm like all the time. It's spreadsheets and stuff like that. But I just applied for another job and I just, I just thought about this, that it is 100% 100% relational. It would be a wow. spokesperson that going out to places and talking to people. That's the entire job. And yeah, I just realized that's Good. like, yeah, the so job's relational. Yeah, he yeah. struggles at work because it's not very relational. And he yeah. loved the military because the military, and we never thought about this either, did we? No, when we were talking about right this, now. the military is very relational. Absolutely. I mean, he, as a higher ranking person, he had a team, he worked with people, he had to talk to, to uh, very high ranking people sometimes in the government about what was going on with the military. Uh, he does a top secret job and he was making things happen, but doing that through making relationships. And actually he does talk to a lot of people at, uh, who are sister companies uh, to his company. And he said, I think the reason why I do so well in my job is because I make a point to make relationships with people so that if I need XYZ, I can call them and say, Hey, Joe, I need XYZ. And they're like, Oh, okay. Because they know who he is. I definitely uh, get that. I had an eight boss do that to me. And I only recently realized I was messing up because he called me recently and said he was moving to Florida. And I hooked him up with one of my top friends. Who's this amazing realtor in this crazy market where you can't get anything. And I was feeling so proud of myself. Like I was good at helping him to find somebody, but I had this check in my spirit that I investigated and I'm like, what's wrong. You did a great job for him. And I realized he wanted me to do it. And as a seven who doesn't, I'm not oriented to people. I wanted the best for him. So I gave him to my type one friend and he was like, I want to connect with you. We haven't talked in years. Oh, my friend's going to take care of you. So I think that like, we have to take this into account that our eights do this, as you just said, you know, to build healthy relationships, maybe sometimes mentoring, maybe sometimes through the military. And then what's interesting here is you're saying, you have more of an aggressive stance and I get that as a seven, I can be aggressive as well, but Kirsten's coming in and saying, well, let's balance and blend because I'm coming in with nurturing. So that's nice, Kirsten, that you bring that end into things. I love that you do that. How have you tried to soften him over the years? Cause yeah, we can be aggressive. Well, I have tried, but I will not take, I will not take any credit for his softening. Okay. In actually in reality, I do not, I do not take any credit because he is such a strong human and so powerful within himself. 
it, I, we battled earlier in our marriage, probably I would say more because I wanted him to soften. And it was more of an, that's one thing we love about Enneagram, how I would say to him, you're being angry. And he'd say, I'm not being angry. And that would make him angrier instead of now we can be like, okay, like a little eight-ish right now. And he'll be like, okay, yeah, you're right. And so we really love that. But it, before we knew about Enneagram, there is, I mean, you know, we've been married 24 years, but let's not, we're not going to try to lie and say every moment was perfect because we oh, had a no. lot of struggles, you right. know, and know. a lot of it was about that because he wanted to be strong and he was so angry. And maybe you could say that about how you felt, what the thing you learned about Enneagram with your anger. Cause I think it's very huge for eights to hear what your story about okay. that. One of the things that the Enneagram as a whole helped me is that I mean, for the longest time, I thought before the Enneagram, I thought there was something wrong with me. Like, mm. really, like anger. I didn't really see it as aggression. I, I don't know. But yeah. just yeah. being mad yeah. at a lot of stuff. And the the thing the Enneagram gave me was just the ability to realize, especially when meeting some other eights, is, holy crap, it's not just me. I'm not broken. Yeah. I'm just an eight. Yeah. And just having that revelation has in the last, has it really been 10 years? Almost. It, yeah. Well, yeah. seven, eight, however long it is with the Enneagram we have really uh, worked on myself a lot. And I'm not nearly as aggressive for anything as I was, uh, which oh, is yeah. still funny because people are still like, you're being so aggressive. And I'm like, this is, this <laughs> this is, is like nothing. 25%. Yeah, this we, is were, nothing. we were actually talking about a funny thing is she used to always yeah. stick me on people like customer service things and whatever. Yes. And I still do it now, but sometimes yeah. it's like, I, now I'm like, you know, I don't want to do that because it's not going to make any difference. Why am I going to go holler at this person? And at like, the end, it won't change. And I'm like, come on, Eddie, go out there. I don't want to deal with it. You always deal with right. this stuff. I don't. I don't want to. I'm my little dependent sweet <laughs> team. I don't want to go yell at somebody. You do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he's like going into his five probably in a healthy way. Yeah. Nine wing for sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. But at your best, I love that you can be healthily aggressive and assertive. I love that. Kirsten has been able to tell you over the years, Hey, you know, the eight is coming on strong, take it down a couple levels, maybe versus, you know, some, obviously we know many eights who have been very hurt and say, gosh, you know, I, I am high energy. Is that something that I should have to fake? I mean, that's not fair. So I like how you guys are working with who you are finding careers and relationship with even each other against all odds by saying, this is who we are. We're not going to fake this. And I did see Suzanne Stabile the other day. She said, uh, which I loved, she has a seven on this week and on her podcast and, or she was chatting with a seven this week. And the seven said, I'm tired of seeing sevens memed as clowns. And Suzanne said, are you guys are like, she asked everybody, like, what are you tired of seeing? So it made me think of, yeah, like I'm tired of even in your early responses and reactions in Enneagram Las Vegas years ago. I think we've done some good work over the years with eights to say, okay, come on, let's, let's give this a more robust profiling. And you guys had one more quick thing is as we're talking about how you have helped each other relationally, you learned something really cool from Suzanne Stabile. Would you mind sharing that? In her workbook for, I believe the, it's not Road Back to You. It's the, uh, it's the, the green, yellow book. No, it's the green oh, book. The green book. Yes. A Path Between Us. I believe it's in the workbook for that. It's something called Snap. And we have taught that to our students. And quite often I'll have somebody text me and be like, I use Snap today. So Snap is, there you go. There's the book. Um, what um, the, it is a stop, notice, ask, and then pivot. So what we have found that's been interesting, and we've discussed with our people that different Enneagram numbers have 
harder time with eat with different steps of the process. Like for the eight, the actual stopping is hard because stopping is, you know, hard for an eight. They're action oriented. They're moving forward. They're, mm. They, they don't really think before they act, they're doing dominant and they just go. So, and then for me as a two, I think that the, I can ask, I can notice our stop, notice, ask, oh, asking is hard for me because mm. I have to say, okay, what do I, what am I judging myself? What am I feeling guilty about? What am I, yeah. what am I saying that I'm not good enough or getting into my shame place in my heart about in the situation or how am I letting people walk on me? And that part's really hard for me. I, I, I've gotten a lot better, but looking at that place inside myself, I'm like, I feel like my husband, if he will stop, yeah, then yeah. the other, then he just runs through the other three and he, it, it just, you know, he can put his action orientation on notice after it, and then he can, he can do it as long as he stops. So my mm -hmm. process is a little bit different, but, um, yeah. I feel like that stop notice, ask pivot. Um, and I think it's really, really helpful. It's easy to remember. And I, what I teach my students is it gives us this beautiful moment of grace where we believe in this world that we are a victim and that things just happen to us and we are not in control of our reactions. Mm. And what I love is if you can, if you can embrace the stop then, and just stop before you let that automatic personality that we learned from Enneagram, your number, whatever your automatic reactions are, if you can just stop for a second and just pray or notice or ask God, whatever the thing is that you have and say, is this, am I doing, what am I doing here? You know, mm -hmm. you will be able to change your reaction or still have the same reaction if you asked. And then you're like, okay, yes, this is appropriate in this situation. For him, sometimes aggression is appropriate. He needs to make things happen and he needs to use his eight nature and do it in, not in an angry way, but do it in an aggressive way that gets things done. So yeah. um, I just think it's, I, we love it and we talk about it a lot with our people. It's really neat to have, have somebody come back after uh, a class because we have. We have two a week, every other week, basically. Two a month. Uh, two a month. That's what I meant. Yeah. And somebody come back and be like, oh, I did snap last week. And it was awesome. You know, so every oh. once in a while we get that. In. Well, I love even thinking about it as we make up the head, heart and body triads here together, the three of us. And I actually, when you went through the acronym with me, noticed that the N, the notice was the hardest for me. So, you know, stopping and isn't noticing the second step. Yeah. Stop. Notice. Ask. Yeah. yeah. So with an anxious type, we're not really rest, you know, restful. We're restless and we're anxious. And so for us to stop and notice is really huge. Mm -hmm. So I love how we all grabbed a different segment <laughs> of that. That's so cool. Thanks for teaching us. And then I was yeah. going to ask you guys, as far as, you know, I can see clearly what you guys bring to each other, but I'd love for our audience to get to flesh that out. Can you tell us about what you loved as Kirsten as a two and then vice versa with Jeshua as an eight. Can you tell us something about that from, from the beginning, from the middle, or from even from now in marriage, what you love about their personality type? Right now, I, I really love how loving she is, how she actually cares about everybody, even when sometimes she shouldn't, but um, <laughs> it, it's, you know, that's the thing. She, she, how she can care about everybody and know what people need and, yeah. Uh, just actually want to help folks with whatever. But the, the cool thing about it, at least with her, is that she's done a lot of work and isn't as, because you know the stereotypical thing of a two is helping until it hurts them. She's yeah. gotten, she doesn't do that anymore. 
But very, very rarely, very rarely she does. But on the whole, she doesn't do that right. anymore. So Wonderful. she also, it, the, the two-ness of her is a really good model for me on how being, how letting a lot more of the, the softer emotions mm-hmm. come out and... I feel like in our line of connection, we have moved that. towards each other. I've become more eight. He's become I more see two. That. I see that. And we've met in the middle. That's mm-hmm. how that glow, right? I mean, we're like, it's like mm-hmm. we're blending uh, mm-hmm. towards each other and be, being, I'm a lot more like him in a lot of ways. And he's a lot more like me. And that yeah. makes us both have better balance. So. I absolutely think that's happening with your pairing. And I was just looking at the eight, eight pairing, thinking about you guys and saying powerhouse. And it's like, wait, she's a two <laughs> pure passion, because yeah. you still bring that relational quality. As we said earlier, for those who are listening and wondering, well, wait, do we become each other's types as we find our glow? And we don't, but we do start to exude and have stronger relationships to those types. And we get to have the best of those types. And I think that's really beautiful. Cause I can absolutely see it. I'm sure our audience can feel that beautiful strength between the two of you. And I love hearing Joshua say, yeah, I love seeing her caring heart. And I love how even more she's learning to care for herself through these years. So it just isn't, you know, going to totally drain her because as a protective eight, I'm sure that's very important to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually been a lot of the problems uh, or stress we've had in our marriage in, in the past. Um, is that I have not been very good at self-care and I to toot our own horn a little bit. We're mostly stress-free, right? Yeah, we We're really are. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we're like, sometimes we're like, is our life boring? We're like, yeah, but we like it like that. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's boring. Awesome. It is okay. <laughs> we just live our happy, peaceful life right now. And we're good with yeah. that. But, right. um, I have had a lot of, uh, medical issues through the yeah. years and, yeah. and have not felt well. And I know that's been really hard for him because he's yeah. very protective of me. And then mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know when to stop when I'm not feeling well and to give myself rest time and give myself healing time. And I'm still trying to power through everything, even though I'm suffering. Um, a funny story is we did a um, silent auction at our church in Las Vegas. Oh and it was a God. very big church. I had a foot surgery and yeah. I literally had on a gown. She, she was on a wheelie. The on a wheelie. Yeah. On pain medication. I'm like, someone else could do this. Oh and of course my heavy three wing when I was younger, which was not good. Um, I'm like, no, no one can do it as good as me. It has to be me. Yeah, it was really bad. To be honest. No one could do it as good as that's the problem. I'm like, I have, and I, I committed to this and I have to follow through and we made like $30,000 for our church. So, um, you know, that was, it was a very successful auction. And so, um, it was a big, huge gala around Christmas time. It was really fun. But anyway, for him, I feel like I, we were talking about this, that his eight energy was there when he was 18, when we met. And even for me, I, I, I have to laugh because I always wanted to be married and have children. And mm-hmm. I had dated a lot of people that didn't work out. And I finally got to a point where I was like, God, like, don't even let me meet anyone unless they're 30 and have a job and are settled down and yeah. have money and own a house. Like, I'm just ready. And I don't want to do any of this, this craziness I've been doing with these people I've been dating anymore yeah. that I marry someone. Eight. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, God was like, well, the reason why none of all of those people were losers is because you were just waiting for him to be legal. So, know. you know. <laughs> Uh, so that was the, 
that was what happened. And, but you know, um, he's always been so strong and he's always supported me and he's always taken care of me sometimes overly aggressively. And that's been something we've had to work on through the years. He's smiling because he knows that's true. Um, but, um, but I always knew he was there for me and I always knew he was going to show up. Um, Oh my gosh. Wow. When he was in the military, he worked the military and what, and for a while he delivered pizzas because we didn't, our children were small. Like he wanted me to stay at home and to be able to breastfeed as long as I wanted and take care of our children. And he would, so he went to work all day and then he delivered pizzas as well. And he worked at an apartment store selling shoes and he did what he had to do to make us, um, support our family and, um, and then make it, we've all, we're a very traditional, which is kind of funny as an eight, two, I feel like it almost sets itself up and we didn't even know about Enneagram. He's always yeah. done the male roles. I've always done the female yeah. roles. It's okay if people yeah. don't do that. I Right. You're just saying different. you understand the, the masculine and feminine archetypes a little bit. So you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. We yeah. We did, oh yeah. We are like, we're extremely like, yeah, he's entirely masculine. I'm entirely feminine. It's really funny. We've done some other uh, studies that like element work and stuff. And like, he has all the masculine, I have all the feminine, we're hilarious. But, you know, I, yeah, he's the rock, but I've also been the rock in my own way, which is more subtle because I keep the house clean. I'm a good cook. I take good care of the children though. I have learned to be a better housewife because he likes things to be cleaner than I do. And I've had to learn to do that. A lot of eights really do like that when I do marry order. Yes. Yeah. Order. Um, but now I like to order as much as he does because it does feel very calm. We keep our house very clean and organized. I mean, if somebody called and said, Hey, can we come over and we'll be there in five minutes, we would maybe pick up yeah. two things and then the house is clean. You know, we always wow. keep it like that. And he helps me a lot, like a lot, like yeah, a lot. Like That's most, I hate wonderful. to, uh, some women out there are going to be like, where did you find this person? Does he have a twin? Yeah. I mean, he does laundry. He does dishes. Yeah. He takes care of things. I have um, a younger brother, but he's married too. So. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He, and his <laughs> wife loves him. It's not going to give him up, but, um, but you know, he's well, just, maybe he's we can tell husband. people find an eight, a healthy eight. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like sometimes, um, where we've, sometimes earlier in our marriage, he was too, protective of me where I felt sometimes a little bit stifled by that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not just all good stuff, you know? (laughs) Um, and he knows that. And now, um, I like that we're very peaceful with each other. I mean, he goes out of town sometimes. And at first we thought with his job, we would hate that because Mm -hmm. we hate being apart. We literally could be with each other every second, but it's amazing how calm that and peaceful and okay. That's been because our, our relationship is so solid that we can be apart and we're, we, we stay connected, but it doesn't, I mean, we always like it better when we're together, but that's been okay too. And it wouldn't have been when we were younger deployments were really hard when he was in the military. Yeah. Um, We were very, yeah, we were very dependent on each other and maybe not always a healthy way. And now we just love each other. We're not dependent on each other. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about codependency. Um, before I get to that, I was going to ask you, Um, so you kind of just shared some of this with us, but what are some things you've loved about him? And I know you just said, oh my gosh, he's been so great. So tell me if there's definitely the strength, um, the, his sense of adventure, I feel like, because I'm not adventurous at all. Um, if you know anything about Enneagram twos have no, uh, you know, we don't have any, um, head type at all in us in any way. So I don't have any seven. I'm seven's not in my tri-type. I I just don't have seven in me at all. I'm just, I'm not adventurous adventurous. I am more of a homebody and he is adventurous and he is, he is, his action oriented sometimes gets me going. And, um, 
I've always really liked that, that he definitely more in a seven wing when he was younger. So he was more fun and we, we had a lot more, you know, we're not fun now. No, you're fine now, but it's different. We're calmer now. We're just, you know, yeah. we were oh, like yeah. looking at all that. We were like, okay, are we glow 2.0 or we're afterglow? We're like, you know, we're just right. We're right in there. You know, yes. we're, we're going along. We are having, uh, you know, we're just having maintenance and adventure. I think, I mean, we're still in glow 2.0 because we are definitely yeah. wanting to uh, learn how we shine together, but we're realizing yeah. how beautiful that is right oh, now and how, yeah. and what, how the things that are not so beautiful, we can forgive them and move forward with them more quickly than Mm -hmm. we used to hang on to the things that um, were not so good in the past and let them simmer and not, and bubble and just, yeah, not Mm. hold on to them too much. And we just don't do that much anymore. Even if we have a little argument, we just resolve things differently than we used to. Um, But yes, but he is super strong. He's fun. Um, He takes care of me. Um, He supports me um always has even in the hard times we still had that in reality um and so I love that about eight I love an eight and um I was gonna say too that you were saying about eight's getting a bad rap I really the more I've studied Enneagram I realized that really ones are much more angry than eights um I think that eights we have to remember about their their virtue is innocence and I think inside every eight is this incredibly pure I think more pure than any place on the Enneagram of just honest and sincere and trustworthy and um, wanting to show up for people. Uh, I'm going to start to tear up because I'm a two. Mm -hmm. So I apologize, (laughs) you know, just showing up for people, how they need to be showed up for. And um, and when they can get healthy, it's like, it's, it's almost awe-inspiring to watch um, because you know that they, I see that he has that sometimes that anger in him and I see him calm it. And then be able to deal with things and not always, he's not perfect, but so much now that it's almost awe-inspiring for me to see how he moves in the world and how people look up to him. And, um, and people in our group, we have some teenagers in there. Um, one young lady, especially who's our husband, our daughter's best friend, who's also an eight. And, um, she's calls him and she'll say, Hey, Joshua, we need, I need eight support. I need to talk to you. He, we talked about him maybe along the way, having a group that would meet that are just eights. So they can be who they are and talk about how they feel. And it's really important for eights to be able to do that. So, yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing with us just how beautiful um, this unwrapped version of an eight is when the, Mm -hmm. the vulnerability is open and they're ready to embrace their virtue more that you see such purity. And I know that's even a word that's hard to use in this culture because people have skewed it to mean it has to be perfect, but that's not what you're saying. You're saying there's an innocence and a love that is so caring and free and that's beautiful. And I see your glow name, even stand out pure passion there because you're so passionate about just paving the way that people would understand eights and your husband and see the beauty inside of him. And I know that's probably been a huge gift for you, Joshua, to have your wife saying like, I can help pioneer for you. Cause I see you too, because I see this a lot with couples I work with where the eight does so much pioneering for others and then they don't feel it in return. And that's a really hard point in marriage. So I love that you guys have been finding that. Yeah, it's really nice. It is. Oh, Wow. Well, tell me about, we've already talked some about the instinct and with the eight and with the snap, tell us about codependency. Cause you hinted at that Kirsten, how has that improved over the years? What can they do about their codependency in your opinion? Um, I feel definitely through a lot of the earlier times in our marriage is that I was codependency, which always, I'm not entirely sure 
how that means, but being very dependent on her for the literally the only person I felt on the planet that I could have any emotions with, you know, besides strong ones. So it was, yeah, she was, it was definitely like I, I had to come to her for anything else and uh, getting getting stress out talking about things whatever sometimes I and and now while I still do that a lot I can do it myself or it's still you know or I, you have soft or, emotions with our children yeah I was about to say that yeah. <laughs> I can have soft emotions with other people a lot more yeah. like I don't remember what it was about I cried a little bit on something when my daughter was around and she's a four and I guess later she went to uh went to Kirsten was like, Oh my God, dad, that was the most amazing conversation ever. I was like, I I was thinking about it later. I'm like, I don't remember saying any, what? No, you were, there was also one Enneagram meeting that you were talking about something about aggressive nature and you got, you didn't cry, but you got, there was some emotion there. And everybody said to us afterwards, that was so amazing that Joshua was so honest and that he was so vulnerable with everyone and that he showed people how he really felt about that. And especially this young lady who's 22, who's an eight and in relationship with a nine. Um, So she said, I was, I so admired that, that he did that. And later he was like, I don't even know what they were talking about because that didn't really stand out to me at all. I'm like, well, it stood out to everybody else. So I still wouldn't say that I am a vulnerable person, no. but yeah, to- his one-to-one subtype is definitely the bottom. Um, he doesn't do one-to-one with many people. It's very exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. One-to-one. So yeah. <laughs> Which fits eight and in the five zone also. But what I love seeing is that two helper part of him, your glow is rubbing off on him. It's already his arrow work. And not only that, but there's a beauty when you know how to refine with a few, uh, and it's a big step for him versus just you, you know, just yeah. Kirsten. Yeah. So that is really cool. Well, and then in a way that speaking of my codependency, that has also, I feel like with twos, we need to learn to be more dependent on ourselves instead of always dependent on other people. And for me, you talked about air work. It's, I, I feel like it's the same advice I had actually written down to, to give to other twos is that you have to understand about your move to eight. You, you have to know that, yes, it's where you go in stress is that we can get angry and throw a temper and kind of be the sweet eight suddenly like, where did this person go? But for me, I, what I love is that I have access to control, to power, to standing up for myself, to making decisions and saying no. And I get that from going to eight. And I think about, so I have this eight who I love, and then I see his behavior in the world and how he can just be like, well, just say no. And I'm like, oh, that's so hard for me. But I'm like, no, that's what I have to do. Like in this situation, I need to just be like, no, or I'm not doing that. And I, I know I do it in a two way, but it's that power and that independence and self assuredness that I have been lacking for so many years when I was younger. She's got it now. I, yeah, sometimes people are like, uh, we don't really like how you stand up to things these days. Like you're not a pushover. Like you used to be, I, it does make in the beginning, it has made for more conflict in some ways because people expect me to just be the person who says yes, or to not be like, no, you were wrong. And you know, I'm going to stand up or I'm going to defend somebody more verbally and more aggressively. Uh, My husband's smiling because he knows, you know, well, also when she first started getting better with this, 
I, I remember like our kids had no idea. What <laughs> they were did. like, who is this mother? They were, like, they were all, she was the mom. They did what she said, but she was all, they were also used to maybe manipulating her yes. a little bit to get her to say yes. yes to things that I said, no, but whatever. And she started being like, no. And you want to know why? No, because no. And they just, they had no clue. And they'll how. be like, mom, will you make me will my you lunch? Make this for me? And I'm no. like, no, I'm sitting down drinking my tea. You can do it yourself. And they were oh, like, God. like, what is going on? So, but, but because my children understand Enneagram. Um, which I'm telling quick. you people, teenagers, yeah. teenagers need to know Enneagram. Yeah. I'm hoping I, I was talking to my son about starting an Enneagram group yeah. just for teenagers. I feel like people yeah. think that teenagers can't grasp the concepts or it's too emotional or something about it. And mm -hmm. I think it's the exact opposite. We've yeah. had quite, I think the most we had was six teenagers in, in our group here. They take to it much easier than yeah. older people do. Yes. much easier. So yeah, it. teach the kids. And it's oh, just so, it's awesome. been so helpful for them and their friendships. My son, who's the one, his best friend is the three and they were in an argument the other day. And I'm like, dude, he's a three, you know, he has shame issues. He wants attention. Like he's yeah. not like you, you know, he's aggressive. You, you have to think about this. You're taking it from your one perspective as, yeah. as a dependent type and stuff. And you're not and with anger issues and he doesn't have anger issues. He has shame issues. Come on, dude. And he was like, yeah, yeah you're right. I need to handle That's him differently. Really and it was helpful so for a one yes. with a three. We have to do that with my husband too, with he's a one with three friends. We're like, no, you know, but as we're saying, <laughs> our teens are in the thick of it. Like dad, no, you know, yeah. it's fun yeah. to be able to teach the different perspectives and allow the kids whose minds are very adaptable and they're learning languages at different paces well, they, than we are. So they catch this. I also feel like it's finding this work at 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, even my parents who come to my Enneagram groups. I mean, think about how much foundational things, how strong your programs have been in there and how much pulling all the wires that have embedded into you out, you have to do when we're older. And with teenagers, They've barely started. I, I mean, know, their life beautiful. is at the beginning and all the programming isn't is barely taking place. And if you can show them how they can take their own power and how they can have better relationships and how they can be better at their jobs and know what they want to do in life, even per what their Enneagram yeah. is and pursue that. It's so exciting. I I've always wow. Whereas I always say I love working with teenagers and then people are like, yeah, we know you married one. So I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> so, I, I want to say something as the only non-verbal processor on this right now, I'm noticing. No, she's not a verbal processor. It's only dependent types. Six, one, and two. She's oh, yeah, not a verbal that's right. processor. That's why you're the main team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just noticed how every question we go, ding, 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 boom, off like that. Everyone. I'm definitely a verbal processor. That's something actually yeah. that I know that wasn't in the question, but it's been very, very helpful for our marriage for him to understand that I'm a verbal processor, that mm. dependent types, the one, the two, the six were verbal processors, because now it's hilarious. Sometimes I'll be talking away and he'll say, am I supposed to answer that? And I'm like, nope, verbal processing. And he just wow. listens to me. Oh, that's and, a great and tip for those that are amazing. in the marriage with a two or a one or a six. Thank you. We need to verbal process. Sometimes we don't need an answer. We don't need it to be fixed. Mm. Our thinking is so repressed. I, the other day I said to him, I'm like, honey, I thought about something. I thought it through. I came to a conclusion. 
And I didn't talk about it. It was like amazing for me. Like I actually thought without having to run my mouth. I didn't really believe her at first. (laughs) It was was only one thing though. When we're we're studying for Enneagram groups to teach our classes, I mean, we just, uh, you know, well, I talk more, he talks some too, but Mm -hmm. we just have to talk things through. And I have to talk to think. And I, my thinking is not clear. It gets all jumbled up and I have Mm -hmm. to, I have to just, and I do go in circles and I do say the same thing over and over, but it, because that's how my brain doesn't function very well sometimes, I think. And, I, and when I'm trying to think on my own, it's I don't have clarity. I have to. Mm-hmm. And my son is a one. So he's the same. Right. He yeah. needs to come home from school and and just tell me about his day and how bad his day was. And to be honest, we had to have some discussion about that because I started thinking every one of his days was just horrible because right. he would just come home and tell me all that. the horrible yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, is school really bad? And he's like, no, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, you just tell me all the bad things. You never tell mm-hmm. me anything else. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, well, that's just, I need to process that at the end of the day. And I said, can we make a point for you to process all the bad things and then tell me a few good things that happen too. As yeah. a two, I need to hear some good Positive things. outlook too. Yeah, yeah it's like, like, you know, and, yeah. uh, and he, cause he's like, I'm not happy. Everything's fine. What are you even talking about? And I'm hearing all the bad things because that's what one's, need to verbally process at the end of the day, all the things that have happened to them. And, and he's come to understand that too, with our son as an eight, of course he hears something and he's like, I must go fix. I must change. I must defend. I must protect. And we're like, no, we don't need you to do that. We just need you. We just need you to listen. And that's where you go back to the stop feature growing up under an eight father. I didn't tell him almost anything because I knew the instinct would ride out. And I was like, safe or not safe, not safe because I perceive everything with the thinking. So you don't have a thinking type of a kid, but I like that you're doing the stopping and that you're allowing your kid to have access and Jeshua to say, wait, hang on. I don't have to fix. And as a one, he'd probably tell you anyway, but it's nice for you to be able to just show him dad is growing too. Yeah. Or even say to him, do you need me to fix this? Like he'll say to me now, do you need me to do something about this? Do you want an answer to this? And I can just say, no, I always have answers. He always has an answer. And actually, (laughs) you know what? I trust that gut type. He has a lot of good answers, but sometimes I'm just wanting to work it out. And, and that is one thing that Enneagram, why we love the language. Um, cause I'm sure that that about me in the past has frustrated him, but now I understanding it makes it. Yeah. He just, yeah, we, we understand, we, another thing we understand each other about each other, just in a better way. He has an answer just like that. And I need to talk about it for an hour. It just makes making decisions and things like that much easier. I love that. And I really want to say that I think that when we're thinking, what could people learn about being married to a gut type, which is a one, eight or nine, that they do often have a gift with what's fair and what's just and what's right and wrong. And a lot of our listeners probably don't know that, that even though we have to stop sometimes and say to our instinct people, those gut people, Hey, hang on a minute. Don't just process with your gut, but make sure you add in your thinking in your heart. There is a certain gift and a knowing that you guys do have. So thank you Absolutely. for sharing that Jeshua yeah. with her and with the family. Cause we also really appreciate all those years of protecting us as a country, as a world, just trying to make it a good place. Like that's a cool gift you've been bringing in. Well, thank you. Yeah. 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 Totally. yeah. Sometimes I do have to calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He does. Yeah. Yay. But now we yeah. use language. Like what is your gut telling you what is your I will say to my son what is your heart telling you because he's a gut type and wow. you know now we use that language and that, that also gives us a minute to for me I'm like okay I know I'm what I'm going on with is my emotion what is my head telling me what is my gut telling me 
-hmm. You know, I'm learning to pull on those parts of myself better and pay more attention. What Enneagram is about is that about all of these things, your head, your heart, your gut, your, your one-to-one or sexual type, your, your self-pres and your social, they're all good. None of them are bad. It's just that we don't know how to balance them and we don't know how to use them when it's appropriate. He's heavy on that gut. I've been really heavy on the heart. Now we're learning. He needs to use his heart more. I need to use my gut more. He's good with his head, his line of connection. My gut isn't that. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's, his gut's not that heavy. It's good. He's got a good physique. No, but I just mean, you know, we know how we're leaning on all of those parts of the triad more these days. And, and I think the reason why our life is so much happier is that we're using this beautiful thought system and why we're wanting to share it to find balance within ourselves. And so if we have balance within ourselves, then we can have balance in our marriage. So, you know, Suzanne Stabile says this is a solitary journey that must be done with others. And we say that a lot in our class because it really is about a self journey. And when you were saying, how did I help to change him? I didn't change him in any way. I mean, other than we, he was willingness enough to say, let's do this together. And I want to change and I'm willing to, you know, to do this and through the good and the bad and the hard and the ugly and, and this whole process has gotten us to where we are today um, because he's gotten to know himself so much better. I've gotten to know myself so much better. Now we can be, we can walk the road together hand in hand, but it's not about the dependency. You were asking about the codependency. It just, it's just not really, we are not dependent on each other anymore. We love each other. We choose to be with each other every moment of the day, if we could, but it's, it doesn't feel like a dependency anymore. And it feels, Which it did. It, did. it was yeah. really heavy. We were heavy. We clung to each other yeah. and we just, we just don't do that anymore. Yeah. And we love each other, have, but we don't, it's actually, different. I have a question actually for you, Chris, because I, I know she studied the, the glow and did the class with you and all that a lot more. Um, do you think it's easier for two types to merge the glow and learn from each other if they have a line of connection? Like an eight and a two versus a eight and a three or, or something like that. Well, what's neat is there's so many groupings of the Enneagram that usually you can find something where you're like, oh, eight and three, for instance, don't appear to have any lines of connection, but they're actually both assertive aggressive types. So they right. have a lot of I mean, energy. And yeah, that yeah. was just one example. When I find people that have nothing really in common, uh, which it does seem to be sometimes, I really do think it's tougher but what comes from them is just as beautiful because they do this ground up work where they have truly this have to be curious about each other, have to learn. And so they too can emerge even beautifully as well. But it's definitely that some marriages are a lot more work than others. But I also mm-hmm. think sometimes the ones that have more of a spontaneous combustion, like big energy, like you guys, or the ones who have to come from such far places sometimes have the biggest impact on the world because they've had to work so hard or they have so much much energy. Whereas some of the lower lying kind of like, Oh, we're good. We're so alike, um, with not as much energy. I think they make big impacts, but they're more of the under the surface impacts. You don't see them giving a scholarship to the poor person because they did it in secret. And it's fun (laughs) to see how each couple has their own glow. And it's just, Ooh, it's just a beautiful gift. Um, and as we wrap up, I was going to say, did you guys have any tips about staying connected? Yes, you're pure passion, but no, you're not as codependent as you used to be. So how do you think twos and eights and all couples stay connected together in the world when they're busy doing their own work and things and kids and all that? I think it's very important to have 
at least some common interest. Yeah, I even if it's something as silly as you both like Star Wars and you can watch yeah. shows together or something. But I mean, I feel like you have to have something that you like doing together. Like um, we like playing games. Well, we have a lot of things we like doing together. But we like you know, doing everything together. But, it, <laughs> but you know, it's yeah. I know specifically. I can think of some couples that it seem like they don't have any connection and they don't have anything in common with each other that they do. So, I mean, a good, that, that could be action oriented, all that sort of stuff, but it feels to me important that there is some sort of common thing that you guys like to do together. But I also feel like Enneagram can be that thing. Oh, it, so here's something, could, you don't yeah. have anything in common, learn about Enneagram together. This gives you something. And what a beautiful way to learn about each other and know about each other if you don't feel like you have anything in common. So um. there goes the two, not just answering the question of what we think, but actually giving people something they here, have some help. Do this. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, it's true. I think that and it kind of goes right on what he said is nurturing your friendship. Because yeah. I think that um, he and I are, we are we more than anything at all, we are best friends. And it is, a, it's about, we talk to each other about how we feel and what the day was. We check in with each other a lot. It, we have a very interesting, comp- look at him. Yeah. He's got bunny ears behind my head. Here, people, so <laughs> got a little, got to be a little goofy that it is about being friends and staying connected with each other and talking to each other. But oddly for a two, I'm going to give a, maybe a, a advice that you wouldn't think you have to spend time alone too, because yeah. if you don't spend time alone, yeah. you can't show up well in your marriage. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to get away from all people, from all emotions, from all relationships, from all things you think you need to do and all the people you need to help so that you can be alone with yourself and help yourself and be know yourself. Because then if you do that, and I've been doing that, I've, I spend a lot of time alone these days, a lot. And I used to spend none at all. And it it has totally, I believe in a lot of ways that has what has made my marriage the most healthy that is. Cause also when he's away now and I'm alone, I feel fine because I love my alone time. I value my alone time. I'm not like so dependent on someone else being in my space that I would, that I get alone. And I'm like, I don't even know who this person is and I don't want to be with her. Now I'm like, no, this is my solitude. This is my grounding. This is my my prayer time, my meditation time, my reading time, my playing games on my tablet time, whatever it is, doesn't really matter. Twos really need that. And I think that that, that, and then you can show up different and then you can have fun. And I agree with him. We, we play, we play Dungeons and Dragons with our kids. And matter of fact, we're playing it when this thing is over, our kids are showing up and, and I, and, and I think as a two, sometimes you have to go have fun with people in your family, even if, that necessarily, I think sometimes we're so focused on emotions and helping yeah. people. We forget to just relax and have fun. Yes. And I play D and D with them and I play crazy characters. Of course, we have a theater background, both yes. of us, me and we yeah. met in theater, but, but, you know, we just have a good time with our kids and we hope that when our kids get married, their spouses will come and play Dungeons and Dragons with us. And we will all yeah. have a good time together. It's so it is about that family bonding yeah. and realizing but also it's, it's that time. And I know you really talk about that in all of your, in your glow things. And even in your books, um, and relate and release, but you have to have time together. Um, you, it is, yeah. you have to carve out time. Even if you're busy, if you have kids, people, life is crazy these days. Ours is a lot more calm now because we've come through all these shadows and shades and, you know, all these places in, in glow pattern where we're in a more different place. Now our son's about to 
be gone and it'll just be the two of us and our two cats. And, and, you know, but in the heat of it, I wish we had known to spend more time together, talk to each other, you know, um, touch base with each other, text a little bit throughout the day, little emails, notes. When he goes on a trip, I leave notes in his shoes and in his underwear and in his, his shaving case. And he finds all of them when he's gone. And, you know, it's just small things like that of, even though we're busy, even though things are, we're taking care of kids and work and all these things, remember that in the midst of all of this, I love you and I choose you. And I think that we have to, we forget that we forget, we get so caught up in everything, you know? And, um, I know that maybe we would have not that we're going to put that on ourselves, but maybe we would have come farther faster if we had known then what we know now, but, um, but, but, you know, we know it now, thank God. (laughs) So, you know, we know it now and that's why we want to teach it to other people, maybe help them to, not get to places in trauma in marriage if they already have some of these skills and some of this foundation ahead of time. Which is the whole reason for my ministry and my show here. I just love that we bring that back full circle because when you've had your time in the cave in the darkness, as Plato would say, and then you're coming out and you're saying, I'm not just going to stay out here. I'm going to bring others out too. That's what you guys are doing, especially as relationalists. So Thank you guys so much. We would love to hear where we can find you because we love your energy and your gift. I was going to say that leads right into um, why I'm doing what I'm getting going with right now. I just completed Krista's Enneagram and Marriage Certification course, got certified, yay. And I'm super excited about that. So I have, my business is Live Better with Enneagram. I can be found at livebetterwithenneagram at Gmail and also livebetterwithenneagram.com. And I really want to talk to people about live better, love better, be better, because I think that we all could do a little bit better than what we're doing at any given moment and a little bit better than we did yesterday. And we don't have to be perfect and we don't have to be wonderful, but we have to just, the question is how can we just be that little bit better each day? And so that's why I would love people. I'm going to be doing, um, personal, uh, life coaching and, and, and relational coaching, um, for any type of relationships, it doesn't have to be marriages. It could be business partners. It could be husbands. She's actually been doing some trainings for some local businesses. I've done some local That's businesses. Cool. Yeah. Trainings, um, with Enneagram, um, team building, but, um, uh, through zoom meetings right now. So if anybody's in the local area, we're in, uh, Oak Ridge, Knoxville area. Um, I, I, I don't have an, a current, a, pub, a, a hardcore office, but, um, I wouldn't mind to meet someone if they want to meet in a park or somewhere that's private, we could talk. But my idea is I want to help people who are not in trauma yet and hopefully teach people how to be better in their relationships so that maybe we can help avoid some of that. Oh, and, um, I would love to talk to people who are just getting married. I would love to offer, even if you need a great wedding gift, um, I can make up a little package and a gift certificate. I can mail to a newlywed saying, Hey, have a few mm-hmm. sessions to get to know each other. And I'll go sing. And, and, and yeah. he might be singing who knows, because that's what he does. <laughs> but, but yes, we are, we are live better with Enneagram. Like I said, if you email my cell phone number is uh, 865-585-5789. And usually if it's a number, I don't know, I don't answer, but please just leave a voicemail or text mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I'd love to touch base with you and, you know, know what your rates are and how this all works. And um, like I said, any, it can be best friends. It can be business partners. It can be a parent and a child. If you have uh, parents and children to understand each other better and uh, any, any type of relational work, really, it's not just marriages. And, yeah. and I'm open to any pairings, anything very LGBTQ friendly. I, you know, I'm open-minded to people are people. It makes no difference what your lifestyle is. If you want to talk to me, I can help you to live better, love better, and 
be better. That's going to be, uh, uh, that's my thing. And I would, I would love to talk to anybody who's interested. So live better with Enneagram at Gmail. Oh, thank you. We know our twos are just, yeah, you guys are natural helpers. So it's beautiful to see you out there and I'm so glad. And I just loved having you guys on today. All it was amazing to be here. It thank you. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> well, I just love hearing another love story. I love knowing that Kirsten is a two out there willing to love to hear her just bending over backwards for locals, for in-person meetings, for virtual meetings. So what an awesome gift when you have somebody that cares as much as that and who's been on a huge journey herself and isn't just going to tell you to love without reserve. She's going to say, hey, you know, I'm going to walk you through this specifics so that you can balance and that you don't burn out early on the journey of loving so that you can use your amazing gifts, whatever they are, to love others for the long haul and especially each other's. I hope you will have a wonderful week. I hope you will have such a fun pre-Thanksgiving, pre-Black Friday week. I hope it's a chill week knowing what's ahead and that you take lots of pauses. You can check out Kirsten's information and my show notes. You can also visit us at Instagram today for our 12 o'clock journey. If you are listening live or any Monday at Eastern Standard Time noon or visit us at EnneagramMarriage.com. I'll talk to you soon. 